Hello and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. Uh, really excited to have you join me today as we, we kind of conclude a, a three-day series looking at Romans 9, 10, and 11. And uh, today it culminates in, in Romans chapter 11 where there is a, a great conversation about how God is grafting Gentiles into uh, his people and, uh, and how God's sovereignly working over all of that. But uh, the big picture, where we've been, is we've looked at Romans 9, and we've seen that God is sovereign in his choice over those who will be saved. And then we've looked at Romans 10, which describes how every human is responsible for, for trusting in Jesus and in his death and resurrection. And so these two things, we've really been holding them in a, in a tension for a couple of days. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for us to... Uh, to have the opportunity to wrestle with Scripture and realize that that there is this tension in Scripture, in Scripture that God is in fact He is absolutely sovereign, and yet you and I we are in fact responsible for our sin and responsible for turning to Christ and trusting in Christ and putting our faith in Him. And this can be a, a bit of a, a tension that gets us intellectually um, kind of tripped tripped up and. Uh, and it can be hard. It can be hard to say, how can both of these be true at once? And this is where Romans 11, I think, brings, uh, brings some, some uh, beautiful clarity. This is where we find that this tension actually is, um, it's an amazing thing. This tension is something that we should hold, uh, hold on to both of these realities in the scripture with both of our hands. And that even though we're a little uncomfortable with it, we should be able to trust in the Lord despite that. Here's why. At the end of Romans chapter 11, here's what we find. We find this great, um, this great moment of, of adoration and of worship and of praise. Starting in verse 33, the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Spirit of God, he writes, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. Now, this is just at the, the, the culmination of describing how, uh, first of all, we have no righteousness and God provides righteousness in Jesus Christ and that Romans 9, God is sovereign and Romans 10, we, we must choose. And we say, and then he says, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. Look at these, these phrases. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. Listen, this, this is the description that, that God's, uh, that his judgments, the, the decrees he makes, they're unsearchable. We can't fully dig to the bottom of, of understanding of, of how God works in this world. In fact, his, his ways are inscrutable. They're, they're beyond examination. Verse 34. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? This is what he says. He says, look, who has known the mind of the Lord? There is no one who has an intellectual capability that is equal with, with the Lord's. Listen, there are some really smart people in this world. You might be among the, the top tier, the highest echelon of those who are intelligent, and yet you are a created being, and you stand before the uncreated one who, in fact, he made you. 
Who has been his counselor? Who does the Lord go to to say, you know, I'm really struggling with this decision and I'm not sure what I should do. And so the Lord comes to you and I as his created beings. (laughs) This is laughable. Who has been his counselor? There's no one who can give counsel to the Lord because he is above all. It says, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? Listen, who being a finite, dependent, vulnerable being, you and I who are completely dependent upon him for everything we have, the breath that we breathe right now, the fact that our our circulatory system is working, the, the reality that the sun rises and sets day after day, the perfect balance of the ecosystem in which we live right now, we are dependent upon all of that. We are dependent upon the Lord as the creator. So who are we to bring something to God and, and say, oh, God, you need to repay me. Listen, anything we bring to him, it's because he's given it to us to begin with. And then verse 36, for from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be glory forever. Amen. This this verse just encapsulates, I said yesterday, this is the crescendo as we examine the riches of who God is and how he works in this world. It says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. This is the reality that everything we have is from God and then anything we experience is through God and ultimately the, the, the culmination of our life is to his glory. To him be glory forever. Amen. So be it. This is where we land in this discussion over the last few days about how God, he sovereignly chooses his people. There is no doubt about that. And then how you and I, we are responsible for our sin and we make the choice of trusting him. There is no doubt about that. And then these things, they work together in a way that no mind can perfectly understand. And yet at the end of the day, we land at the spot where we say, wow, wow. His judgments are unsearchable. His ways are inscrutable. Ultimately, there is no one who gives counsel to him. He owes not one of us anything. In fact, all of this is by design to make it so that he is the one who gets glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You see, the ancient way for our modern day as this mini section of Romans 9, 10, and 11 comes to a conclusion. And then tomorrow we're going to pick up in Romans 12 and begin to look at some great application. But this mini section, it comes to a conclusion with this, with this moment of praise, with this doxology, with this, this, let's lift our voices and proclaim that God is, he is God and that, that I am man that you and I, we are not God. This is where we land with our ancient way for our modern day. We land with this expression that says, you know, God, he is, he is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of all glory. He is the author and perfecter of our salvation. He is the one that we, we trust in because he is God. Even, we even trust him when we don't fully understand how his ways work. 
you know, I, I want you to take comfort in this. This is one of those moments when we realize that we have a God that is beyond us, that he is a, above us. He is grander than us. He is more majestic than we are. He is God and we are his creatures, the creation of his hand. And in Christ, through Jesus and his death and resurrection, God has in fact saved us. He's shown us his love, his care, his grace, his mercy. This is a moment that leads us to turn to him once again in praise. So the ancient way for our modern day today is uh, I would encourage you to take some time as we, as we come to a conclusion to, to humble yourself before the Lord. To take some time and say, God, you are God, I am not. To recognize that he is beyond our understanding, yet he has revealed himself so that we can know him. Thank him for that. Praise him for that. I, I, I encourage you to take these last few verses, verses 33 through 36, and I, I just want you to read them out loud. If you're with your family, dads, maybe you just read these out loud, or maybe you have each person read a verse out loud, and, uh, and take this moment and just proclaim the, the grandness, the majesty of who God is, and, and be grateful that he loves us and that he has saved us.